0: Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. The battle deep in our bones, that's what's going on every day. And who's winning? Well, hopefully all of us. We're going to talk about osteoporosis today, osteoblasts, osteoclasts, bone remodeling and strengthening. It's all part of the natural life cycle of the bones, but there are some things you can do right now to help keep your bones healthy. We're going to be talking with Dr. Jennifer Lowe from Kaiser Permanente. She's here in the studio with me today. And we'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941 3689 on Oahu, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news, this Saturday is a National Take Back Your Drugs Day, and all across the islands and nationwide, there will be locations to bring unwanted, unused, and expired medications to help ensure that you and your loved ones are safe. From kids, pets, parents, and even the environment, we all benefit from the safe disposal of medication. Pills should not be flushed down the toilet or be thrown out in the garbage without protection from entering the water supply or the soil. If you have medications you'd like to get rid of, please do so safely. You can check out the website from the Drug Enforcement Agency, www.dea.gov, to find out where your local facility is. I have a list right here. On the Big Island, they're going to be at Komohama Medical Complex in Hilo, also Kailua Kona at the Hawaii Police Department, the Kona Police Station parking lot. We also have over on Maui at the Maui Police Department. We have over in Kauai in Lihue, we have their police department parking lot. And here on Oahu, we've got the State Capitol, Pearl Harbor Navy Exchange, Kahala Mall in Kaneohe Windward Mall, Marine Corps Base at Kaneohe, Millilani Town Center, Pearl City Police Station, Schofield Army Barracks. There is no excuse if you have some unwanted, unused prescription or even over-the-counter medication and you want to dispose of it properly this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., plenty of options. If you want to take a look at that list of sites again, www.dea.gov, and it'll help to tell you more. Now today we're talking about osteoporosis. It's something that affects millions of men and women as they get older, and there are some things you might be able to do right now, this very minute, to help prevent bone loss as you age. For those of you who already have a diagnosis of osteoporosis, you know that there are some medications out there that have been promoted to help keep your bones strong, and there might be some questions about how effective they are in the long term, but certainly there are definite benefits to not having fractures. We're talking hip fractures and spine fractures and really any fracture, truly. But today we're going to be talking with Dr. Jennifer Lowe. She's an endocrinologist and a bone expert at Kaiser Permanente. We'll be taking your calls if you are a loved one have osteoporosis or want to know more about it, 941-3689. Toll Free Neighbor Islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. Jen, welcome to The Body Show.
1: Thanks for having me, Kathleen.
0: Happy to have you here. Now, we all want to know about our bones. There's a normal process that takes place when our bones are remodeling. And as we grow and as as we get older, this process has builder cells and destroyer cells. And they both have a purpose. What's the normal state of bones?
1: Well, our bones are constantly remodeling, as you said. So our bones are not a static thing. We have our builder cells that are constantly building bone, and we have our destroyer cells or our osteoclasts that are breaking down old bone. And it's a constant process that goes on. The important thing, though, is that when you're young, you build a lot more bone than you actually break down. So when we think about osteoporosis, we often call it a pediatric disease with geriatric consequences. And the reason why we say that is because when you're young is the primary time to actually work on building bone.
0: Okay. And so then when you get older, you want to work on building bone, but unfortunately, you're breaking it down.
1: Well, the thing is you actually make 90% of your bone by the time that you're 20. And then you pretty much finish making bone or being able to build bone by the time that you're 30. So we we talk about how important it is that you achieve your peak bone mass so that when you start to actually break down bone faster than you build it as you age, you're starting from a higher point to lose from. Now, when you talk about your
0: peak bone, bone building. It doesn't mean you can't build it later. It just means the time at which you have built the most bone, the highest amount, is going to be
1: around your 20s to 30s. That, that's right. And it actually, you're building bone the fastest when you're around age 14 to 15. So we typically don't start thinking about our bones until we're um, in a postmenopausal age, so sometimes age 55, 60, and after. But it is really, really important for us to actually think about bones in our children.
0: So let's talk about what you can do. So for somebody who doesn't have osteoporosis, let's say, you know, they're a mom like yourself, you have young children about age four and seven, you said, what are some things you could do right now to help make sure that your daughters are going to have good strong bones, and that you're going to have good strong bones? What what would be the magic thing to do right now?
1: So it's actually pretty easy. It's not a lot of magic. We tell our moms to feed our your children nutritiously. And an important thing to think about is how much calcium that your children get. And in general, when your children are young, below the age of 12, about 800 uh, milligrams of calcium a day. And then as they start to reach puberty, around 1,000 to 1,200 milligrams daily of calcium. It's also very important for kids to get exercise because we know that weight bearing on your bones actually helps you build more bones. Another thing that we tell moms is to make sure that their children avoid smoking and drinking heavily because that helps protect the bones. And we also um, tell our mothers to have their children, if possible, avoid drinking a lot of caffeine and soft drinks. Because those things could affect bone health. They do. So the phosphoric acid in sodas actually makes it so that you can't absorb calcium as well. So
0: are you telling me to not drink Diet Pepsi? Because <laughs> I limited. might have had one today. Okay, limit it, limit it, limit it. All right, I just one, then I'm <laughs> I'm okay. So in this sort of situation, where are you getting the calcium from? So if you're a young child, if your mom's making you have the calcium in your diet, you're not taking supplements, I would presume. You're getting it through natural, healthy
1: sources. Like what? We definitely encourage people to get their calcium from food rather than from supplements. The main big calcium players are milk, cheese, fortified orange juice, cereals, and green leafy vegetables. So those are the big sources. Mm -hmm.
0: Yogurt? That goes yogurt. along with dairy yep. products. Mm-hmm. Okay, so probably yogurt would be included. Maybe get it more from milk and yogurt and cheese rather than ice cream all the time. That's right. That's right. Okay, but that is a way you could sneak in calcium to your kids. I mean, if you if they really hated milk and hated other sources, you could sneak it in through something <laughs> like that. Now, this isn't gender specific. We're talking about. Young boys and girls, this is anybody really who needs to get calcium. Although we don't see as much osteoporosis in men as they get older, we still see it. It's still present. So for the young boys, you also want to have them get 1,000, 1,200
1: milligrams of calcium. That's right. Men can certainly get osteoporosis as well. So it's very important for our boys to, to eat a healthy diet as well.
0: Now, what if you hit your 20s and you
1: just you haven't gotten enough? What happens? It just means that you didn't reach your peak anticipated bone mass, but there's still a lot that you can do to maintain the bone mass that you have. So all of those things, avoiding smoking and drinking, continuing to do weight-bearing exercise, and to have a good calcium intake, all of those things help to keep your bones strong.
0: Now this is for prior to having the diagnosis of osteoporosis. So you mentioned getting calcium from food and as we get older sometimes we decide that it's a little bit harder to do that. We like to get calcium from supplements. Is there any particular timing of the supplements? Should they do it? Should we do it twice a day instead of all at once? Should we? Is there something that we need to focus on if we have not yet been diagnosed and we want to get in enough calcium? How do we do
1: that? So in terms of supplements, you can only absorb about 500 milligrams of calcium at one time. So many of my patients will say, oh, I take 1,200 milligrams of calcium, and I just take it all at once. They're really only absorbing about 500 milligrams of that. So you want to space it out throughout the day. I think it's also very important to calculate how much calcium you're actually getting in your diet because some people end up with excessive calcium because they're taking 1,200 milligrams of calcium supplement plus eating 500 to 700 milligrams of calcium a day, putting them way in excess of the amount that they actually should be taking. And too much is not good either. Yeah, that's right. Too much is not good either. What happens if you get too much? Uh, Well, the concern is that you could get kidney stones because the excess calcium is excreted in your urine, and kidney stones are pretty painful.
0: Yeah. Anybody who's ever had one, you don't want one of those again. So that's a good reason to do the calculation. So you should kind of calculate out how much you're getting in your diet. Try and hit your thousand, twelve hundred with your diet. And if not, supplement whatever you're missing. Five hundred in your diet, seven hundred supplement or vice versa along those lines.
1: That's right. A question that a lot of people ask me is how can they tell how much they're getting in their diet of calcium? So if you look at the nutrition label and look at something called DV, which is the daily value, it'll tell you the percent. So it'll often say for a glass of milk, it's 30% your daily value. Um, And it's calculated on 1000 milligrams of calcium. So in a cup of milk, it's like 300 milligrams of calcium. So that's an easy way to look at it. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It's just add a little zero, take off the percent sign. Mm -hmm. 300 milligrams, okay. Well, that's some really good information. Now, you said that you hit your peak bone mass around your 30s. One of the things that we'll talk about in a little bit is the bone density test. And that tries to backtrack and calculate what your peak bone mass would have been and how far you are off from that. Is that a difficult test to do for people who never really hit the peak they could have because they didn't have enough calcium? It's
1: actually a very easy test. It's completely painless. It has minimal radiation. It's just like an x-ray of your hip and spine. So it's very easy to do.
0: So it's easy for the person to do the test. Is it easy to mathematically figure out where you should have
1: started? Um, it won't actually tell you a number, but what it will give you is your standard deviations from the mean. So it's often reported as a t score. And what the number actually tells you is how many standard deviations you are from, from zero or, an, or what you should be. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak,
0: and if you just tuned in, you're listening to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. Jennifer Lowe, and we are talking about osteoporosis. How can you prevent having this when you get older, and how can you make your bones strong right now, today? When we were talking just a moment ago, we talked about the bone density. We kind of got right into the T-score, Z-score. So I want to talk about that briefly. But if you have a question and you want to know if there's something you can do for your bones, you can call us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Dr. Lowe, we were just mentioning that bone density test. And, you know, we want everybody to get their peak bone mass that you get around your 20s or 30s. Later on, we're going to be measuring that peak bone mass as we do your bone density test. And you alluded to something called a T-score and a Z-score. These are two things that you can get from a bone density, the T-score being the one that most people are familiar with.
1: What exactly is that measuring? The T-score tells you the standard deviations you are away from an average 65-year-old female. So we choose 65-year-old female because... Do you Does it vary if you do the test when you're 55? It does. That's where the Z-score comes into effect. And so the Z-score actually looks at the standard deviations from a person, your age, and gender. So if you do a bone density prior to being
0: 65, you will look at a Z-score and a T-score. Mm-hmm. But the T-score might not be as diagnostic for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it just women or men? It's for both women and men. So if you do a test as a man and you get a T-score... It's a sixty-five-year-old man, not mm-hmm. a sixty-five-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so let's just say that you know somebody who's fifty does a bone density for whatever reason. They're gonna maybe they have a risk factor or something along those lines. They're gonna look at their T-score and their
1: Z-score. What should they expect to see? Um, well, if they do have osteoporosis or brittle bones, the thing that we're looking at more is your Frax score. I don't know if you've heard of that, but that is your fracture risk assessment score, and it tells you your risk of having a fracture over the next 10 years. What, the reason why it's so helpful is the T-score and Z-score Z gives you an idea of your actual bone density. But what the FRAX score gives you is it incorporates the bone density as well as your clinical risk factors and gives you an actual risk percentage for how likely you are to fracture.
0: Now, I want to get back to the FRAC score, but first let's talk about those risk factors because you mentioned that some people could have brittle bone disease or they could have a problem, and there might be some medications they're taking or some things in their history that would put them at risk. What are some of the medications people might take that could have negative impacts on their bones?
1: The big one that we talk about um, are the anti-seizure medications Things like chronic steroids. So, if you've ever had to be on things like prednisone or hydrocortisone or dexamethasone, Um, heparin is also one of those drugs. Um, If you take thyroid hormone in excess, that can also um, eat away at your bones. Those are the main categories. So that would be one risk
0: factor is medication use. And it might be for a therapeutic reason like seizures, but it could put you at a higher risk. What are some of the other risk factors for having low bone density
1: or a high fracture susceptibility? So some of the things are things that you can't actually control. So if you're born with a very petite frame, you're at higher risk, certain um, Certain people who are Caucasian as well as Asian are also at higher risk for developing osteoporosis. If you're inactive, that also can increase your risk. If you smoke, if you drink, um, that can increase your risk as well. If you're sedentary, yeah, that'll do it too. Now, there's kind of a – it's difficult. If people like to drink wine, they're told one
0: glass of red wine might help your – heart, but then again, it might affect your bones, but then it might increase your risk of dementia. I mean, it seems like every time you turn around, somebody says something good or bad about wine, how much alcohol would you have to be taking to the point where it would start to negatively impact your bones?
1: Are we talking a serious amount? We're talking a serious amount. It is completely safe to have one glass of wine a night if, if you're a woman, two glasses of wine a night if you're a man. So that's not what we're talking about. No, we're talking about
0: serious drinking. Major amounts of drinking. And you mentioned smoking. You know, these days I can't think of any good reason
1: people would smoke. I I don't think there ever really was one. But how much of an effect does smoking have on the bones? It really does have a significant impact on bones. They've done studies, and smokers had 50% worse bone density than people who were non-smokers. And if they stop, does it ever get back to normal? It does, slowly, over time. So that's another reason to quit. I Mm -hmm. mean, there may
0: not be any reasons to smoke, but we've got a huge laundry list of reasons to quit. Mm -hmm. Better wound healing, better heart health, better everything really, and in addition now, better bones. So those are some of the risk factors that somebody might have. Now, you mentioned the FRAX score is a little different than your T score or your Z score, and this may be something that can help give you a percentage. An example of a FRAX score would be what? Like in the next 10 years, you have an average risk of, X number, 20% uh, risk of developing a fracture. And is
1: it greater than people your age, or do they just tell you there's your risk? So they give you two scores. They gave you your risk for having a fracture over the next 10 years in your hip, and then the other category is for a major osteoporotic fracture, and that includes things like your spine. The way that we use it clinically is that it's used to set thresholds for when we might consider starting an osteoporosis medication. So if your risk of having a hip fracture is over 3% over the next 10 years, you would want to consider starting an osteoporosis medication. If it's greater than 20% for major osteoporotic fracture, then we would consider starting an osteoporosis medication. So it's very helpful that way.
0: And so it may not be all about T-score or Z-score, really. These days, we're looking at the FRAC score to say, what is your risk and should we start thinking about some of the therapeutic ways to improve your bones? That's right. Irrespective of your age. That's right. It's based on your risk. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. I'm here in the studio with Dr. Jennifer Lowe from Kaiser Permanente. We're talking about osteoporosis and what can you do to prevent getting it. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about when you should get tested, what the scores mean, and what are some of the treatments that are out there these days, and what do you do if you've had a fracture and you, you were still on treatment. You can join our conversation on Oahu at 941 3689 toll free from the neighbor islands 877-941-3689 we'll be right back after this quick break stay with us
2: not everyone comes to hpr's website looking for program information some folks want to support the station but aren't quite sure how maybe you want to make a monetary contribution or maybe you want to contribute time as a volunteer but don't know what kind of work is needed Well, if you go to hawaiipublicradio.org and click on Support HPR, you'll find links to all different kinds of involvement. The HPR website. It's just a click away.
3: 99%
2: of men are in love with the top 1% of women. (laughs) And yet they often refuse to date us. It's a complete injustice.
0: This week on Selected Shorts, Advice for the Lovelorn, from Simon Rich and Patricia Marks, from PRI, Public Radio International.
2: Tuesday at 5 p.m. following Travel with Rick Steves.
0: Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Jennifer Lowe from Kaiser Permanente. We're talking today about healthy bones, the battle that goes on with your bones between building and remodeling and breaking down and fixing old bone and all sorts of different topics about bone, but specifically, how can you prevent osteoporosis? Now, if you want to join our conversation, you can call us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Before the break, we were talking about a FRAC score. How does this help you? And what does this tell you about your rates for potential for fracture? But, you know, we had a shy caller who wanted to know, Something that we briefly touched on at the beginning of the show, Dr. Jen, why does your body break down bone?
1: It it primarily breaks down bone to get rid of old weaker portions of the bone and replace it with healthy bone. So it's part of a process of continually improving the quality of bone that's present. So it's a normal process. That's right, it's a normal process.
0: So when we talk about our FRAC score, which is our risk for fracture, it's based on the fact that that normal process is leading to weaker bones. And so at what point, is there a point at which you can stop the normal process without medication? Because we'll
1: talk medicine in just a minute. By stop the normal process, do you mean stop the breakdown? Stop the breakdown, right. There's no way to actually do that in a natural
0: way. So really, when we talk about stopping that process, we'll talk about medications in just a few minutes. And the FRAC score was something that we referred to. When you do a bone density, there's a paper that actually can show you your FRAC score. And you said 3% of a risk for hip fracture or 20% for a major osteoporotic fracture. And we start talking, looking at treatment. That's right. All right. We've got a caller on the line. We've got Gary from Hawaii Kai. Gary, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, my question is I've got a 15-year-old
3: son that doesn't like milk, never drank much of it. We have given him cal- calcium supplements over the years. but I wondered if it made sense to have him take a osteoporosis bone density test just to see where he's at at this point. Uh, and question number two, does soy milk provide the same kind of calcium that cow's milk does?
0: So how old was your son again, 50, 5'0"?
3: Uh, no, 1-5. Uh, 1-5. One
0: one okay, I thought I might have misunderstood that. So you have a 15-year-old son, and he's just so not interested in milk. Right. Okay. And so you want to know what can you do. You've given him supplements. Good work. What can you do to make sure that he doesn't have osteoporosis? Should you do a test? That's an interesting question. And your second portion of that was what's the most similar to cow's milk?
3: Yeah, soy milk, similar in terms of providing calcium levels as cow's milk.
0: Great questions, Gary. That's that's a really good series because, you know, Dr. Jen, we were talking about what to do with kids, and, and here's Gary's son in that 14 to 16 age range. He's 15. So here we are talking about how to improve his calcium intake. When we talk about bone density, is there ever a reason to check a bone density test or a FRAC score in a teenager?
1: Is it helpful at all? I would say that it typically is not helpful in a teenager. The only time that it might be considered is if your son was on those medications that can alter your bones, so that we were talking about the steroids or anti-seizure medications, or sometimes some women will consider it if they're on Depo, um, which is a shot that they take as a contraceptive shot, which can also weaken bones. In a normal, healthy man male child who's still acquiring bone it would be too early to actually assess that because they haven't even achieved their peak bone mass yet it now the second part of that question is
0: cow's milk soy milk where can you get calcium from in addition to supplements now i don't know gary i'd say ice cream but you know <laughs> that's just cuz i've been craving it all day and and i'm just going to have to get some and then just get over my craving but but
1: when we talk about milk dr jen What sort of source? Does it matter? It really doesn't matter. Soy soy milk is just as good as regular milk. There is calcium as part of soy in general, and then the soy milk itself is also fortified with calcium and vitamin D. So it's just as good as cow's milk in terms of a source of calcium.
3: Thank you, Doctors.
1: All right. All right. Thanks so much for calling us,
0: Gary. And tell your son time to get some calcium. He doesn't want to be that hunched over guy when he's in his, you know, later years because he never got his calcium in now. But it's a great question, Gary. Thanks for thanks for giving us a holler. I'm Dr. Kozak. If you just tuned in, we're talking about osteoporosis. I'm here with Dr. Jennifer Lowe, and we are talking about bones. You can join our conversation at nine four one three six eight nine Toll Free Neighbor Islands eight seven seven. Now, so far
1: we've been talking about calcium a lot. Where does vitamin D fit into this whole regime? Vitamin D is equally important. So vitamin D is the vitamin that actually helps you absorb calcium from your gut. So it plays a crucial role in our bone homeostasis. In general, it's recommended to get about 400 to 800 international units of vitamin D daily when you're below the age of 50, over the age of fifty, you can take about a thousand to two thousand international units daily. Should you measure it? I, I I routinely measure it in my patients. I have to say,
0: I would. I've been measuring it a lot in the last couple of years, and I find it really hard to see people with an adequate vitamin D level. And I'm always surprised because, you know, here we are, we live in the islands, we have sun all year round, but I guess a lot of us are maybe so good at protecting our skin or really good at sunscreen because I would say maybe only about 20% of the people that I check vitamin D in are adequate. Four out of five are deficient. Now, again, my population of people I'm checking tend to be a little bit older, tend to be Um, In the advanced ages, maybe a 50 and beyond, and those are the folks that I'm checking it. But I'll see 20- and 30-year-olds that are low in vitamin D.
1: What's going on? I know. I have the same experience. I think it is because we've gotten very good at sun protection, which is a great thing. I would never advocate people to take off their sunscreen and go out in the middle of the day just to absorb some vitamin D. You certainly can get vitamin D simply from your food sources and your supplements, and that's, that's a fine way to get it. And so when you check your levels, what should it be? For optimal bone health, we want your vitamin D level to be greater than 30. And is it is it
0: better to have it on the higher range? Because normally in the reference range when you do the test is about 30 to 100. So should you aim for like 40, 45? Or if you're right at 30, you're safe,
1: you're good. Is there a range that you want to head towards or anything above 30? The studies were done with anything above 30, So as long as you hit 30, you're fine. You're good. I also tell people to watch out. Some people think that if vitamin D is good, then a lot of vitamin D must be even better. So some people take a lot of vitamin D, but you do have to watch out because you can get vitamin D toxicity. So you really want to take the amount that your doctor recommends for you, which typically is either 400 to 800 if you're younger or 1,000 or 2,000 international units if you're older.
0: Now, I've talked with some of my colleagues, and they've said, you know, if you're really bad at taking something every day, vitamin D is one of those particular vitamins that's what we call fat-soluble, so it can be stored in your body. If you take too much vitamin B or vitamin C, you know, you're going to shushy that out. It's going to come out. But if you take D, you can actually absorb it. So you could take your week of D at once on Sunday. That, that would be okay. You could. You certainly could. So if you wanted to take 10,000 or 15,000 Sunday only, that would be all right. Your body would store it for the rest of the week. That's right. So you could actually take that. Now, good that they don't make it in a candy because, you know, gummy vitamins, I'm a huge fan of gummy vitamins because they taste like gummy bears. But unfortunately, two just does not seem to be enough. (laughs) And so it's good that vitamin D, you have to get a little capsule. You have to actually take it and swallow it. If they made gummy Bear vitamin D, I would be toxic.
1: They do, Kathleen. Don't they, tell me that. they do. They have and don't a calcium. Don't tell me where to buy it.
0: <laughs> I won't tell you. I've seen with... the calcium gummy bears. They have D in them. They do. Okay. Well, the reason I don't eat the calcium gummy bears is because I'd be the girl with stones. <laughs> because they really taste good. So they all do. right. So, but when we talk D, is it a special one? D one, D two, D
1: three. Do we care? In general, people, the the one that you get from the pharmacy or from Long's, Walmart, Costco, it's D three.
0: So D3 should be what you look for. Mm-hmm. If you get it in the calcium gummy bears, control yourself. <laughs>
1: do control okay. yourself. Because
0: I, that's why I don't I don't even look at them. They just look <laughs> yummy, and I'm not allowed. All right, we've got a couple of callers in line. We have Ace from Eva Beach. Ace, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. Hi there. What can we do for you today?
3: I have a question about osteoarthritis.
0: Well, it also has to do with bones. We're talking about porosis, but that's okay. What kind of question have you got?
2: Well, I'm only 27 years old, and um, I've been told by um, one of my physicians that uh, I have a serious case of arthritis and and I was wondering whether there was anything that I could do to that, to help recover a lot faster. Because I'm in the military, and running is some of the one of the mandatory things. And what they're telling me to do is I'm not allowed to run, not allowed to do a lot of stuff, which is kind of hard.
0: So you're talking about osteoarthritis maybe of the knees? Yes, on on, the knees. Okay. So here's what I would do. Now, today we're talking about a problem with bone strength. But when you have osteoarthritis, it's kind of a different problem with bone wear and tear. And and what that actually means is that if you've been running a lot or if you've had previous sports injuries, you might have worn off that little cushion between the top part of your knee and the bottom part where the bones kind of connect. And one of the best ways to improve the symptoms of osteoarthritis is to strengthen your upper thigh muscles. We call them your quadricep muscles. And these muscles, if you can make them stronger, like we're talking bone strength today, but if you can work on muscle strength of those muscles, then that can really help to protect your knee from further issues with arthritis. It can really help to take the stress off of the knee joint itself. Now, once you have arthritis, you can't fix it. I mean, you can't cure it. It's wear and tear. You can't just unwear and tear your joint. However, you can work on reducing the symptoms. Some people take supplements like glucosamine, um, chondroitin, MSM, Bioastin. There's a whole bunch of different supplements you can consider. But I would first talk with your doctor about maybe engaging in a fairly rigorous physical therapy routine to strengthen your legs. Because if you can strengthen those muscles, you'll take the stress off of those bones, and that may help you to keep participating in the activities that you enjoy. So I'd recommend some PT. Now, you know, Dr. Jennifer, when we talk about physical therapy, That's also something you can do for osteoporosis as well because when we talk about weight-bearing exercises, in the case of Ace with arthritis, he wants to do this to strengthen the muscles. But when we talk about exercises to strengthen your bones, what exactly are weight-bearing activities?
1: So weight-bearing activities are any activity that bears your own weight. So walking, dancing, jogging, that that all qualifies. Things that don't bear your own weight like swimming – that doesn't count. The other things that you can do are resistance training. So we talk about that in terms of weights, um, your typical weightlifting regimen that you might have with light weights, 5 pounds, 8 pounds. Um, that also helps you build bone. And before I forget, in our elderly patients, we also like them to see physical therapy, not only in terms of um, being able to do weight-bearing exercise exercises, but to also help them with balance, Because falls are a big part of osteoporosis prevention, we want to make sure that people don't fall because that's the easiest way to to break a bone.
0: You got it. If your bones are already weak and you fall down, you could have a serious consequence. That's right. So falling, but also balance, but also learning how to get up. That's right. You know, I had a physical therapist on a couple of years ago, and she said, try and get up off the floor without using your hands. And I really thought about that for a while, and I could not really picture it until i tried it that is darn difficult mm-hmm. so it's one of those things where if you are older and you do pt weight-bearing exercises also learn your balance but learn how to get up if you've fallen down mm-hmm. safely if you're not that particularly injured learn how to maneuver if you need to all right we've got another caller in line we've got rita from Makawao. wow rita thanks for being patient welcome to the body show
2: Hi, thank you. Um, I'm a 53-year-old woman, and I was on um, hydrocortisone for probably about a year. Um, My doctor took me off it, and within a month, I broke my wrist. And very easily, it it, it snapped. I really wasn't doing anything very strenuous. Um, I'm wondering how... Am I more prone to osteoporosis because of the hydrocortisone and will it is this lifelong that I have to be careful or is it just a, like a temporary type of a thing coming off the medication?
0: Excellent questions, Rita. Excellent. Dr. Jennifer, lifelong with if you're on
1: steroids for a short period of time or does that risk go away? The risk definitely improves once you stop the steroids. What I would recommend for you is to actually check your bone density and get a sense of what your baseline is now, because it sounds like you did have what we call a fragility fracture, which is a fracture that occurs from standing height or less, um, because a normal person with complete bone, normal bone density, normally wouldn't fracture under that type of a circumstance. So I would recommend getting a bone density and getting a sense of how your bones are now and whether or not you need to be on any osteoporosis medications.
2: Great. Thank you
1: so much.
0: Thanks for calling us today, Rita. And if you have a question and you want to know if there's something you should do about your bones, you can give us a holler. Rita called from Makauau. if you're on a neighbor island, 877-941-3689. If you're right here on Oahu, just 941-3689. We've got another caller. We've got Don calling from Honolulu. Don, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Uh, I'm on Prolia
2: now, and I was told to continue with Avista and and Calcium. Hello? Yes, we're you? Yes, and I want to know what the calcium intake uh, is with uh,
0: Prolia. Okay, so you want to know how much calcium should you take in, given the fact you're on Prolia? Right. Excellent question. We're going to talk about the different types of treatments and what they do, because Prolia is one of those new exciting ones that's come out in the last few years. You're
2: going to discuss that?
0: We are going to discuss it, but I want to answer your question first. Uh Actually, no, no.
1: I want Dr. Jennifer to answer your question first. How much calcium should my friend Don take? So she should take the same amount as any postmenopausal woman, which is about 1,200 to Mm -hmm. 1,500 milligrams daily. Mm -hmm. However, with that said, one of the side effects of prolia is that it can cause low calcium. So I assume your doctor who prescribed it is probably monitoring your calcium levels. So if you did have low calcium, even on 1,200 or 1,500 milligrams of calcium, Mm -hmm. she may have increased your dose to make sure that it doesn't Go low on the medication.
2: I see, and Avista is uh, taken along with it too. I, get, I don't know whether that's that's uh, standard or not with the prolia. I'm still I'm still on Avista.
0: Well, you know what, Don. sometimes. It depends on how bad your bones are. And so Uh if you're on both of those, there may be a reason for it. The other thing is Evista has another benefit, and it can actually also be taken for breast cancer prevention as well. So it has some other reasons why you might be on it. Check with your doctor the next time that that you see them so that you can make sure you're on the right medicine. And if you do have to take an ever-increasing amount of calcium, Mm I recommend the gummy bears, just oh. don't go crazy, because apparently they taste really good, and it's a lot easier to swallow than the calcium pill. Right.
2: And the other half was, uh, with osteoporosis, can bones just break without any great fall? I mean, does it ever disintegrate without any knocking over or anything? I'm curious about
0: that. Scary thought, Dawn. Answer? Unfortunately, yes. yes.
2: Oh, <laughs> if it gets uh, thin enough, right? hmm Yeah, okay. All right. Thank
0: you so much. Well, keep up the good work in taking your medication. And again, for those who take calcium, if they really can't swallow those big calcium pills, Really chewable calcium, just as good? Just as good and very tasty. You know, it can be too tasty. But, you know, GNC had this caramel calcium that was another really good one. They have caramel, and then there's some other ones, Viactive, a couple of other brands. They have little, you know, strawberry ones, orange ones, chocolate ones. I mean, basically, they're trying to make it as easy as candy.
1: They uh, they taste like candy. That could be good or bad, let me tell you. Okay. They also, the vitamin D does come in the form
0: of drops. Interesting. So if you don't really want to chew a candy or swallow, you can actually get a drop Mm -hmm, of it. mm -hmm. And that's over the counter as well. That's over the counter. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, learning a lot in the studio here with Dr. Jennifer Lowe. We're talking about keeping your bones strong and healthy and what are some things that you can do if you're concerned about osteoporosis or if you've already been diagnosed. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the treatments that are out there. Been a lot about that in the news Fosamax, Boniva, Actinel. Should you take a holiday? Should you not take it forever? And we're going to discuss some of the other treatments, like John mentioned, Prolia. So if you've got a question, you can give us a holler at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Can there be a good lobbyist? David Cohen says it's
2: true, and others have called the Common Cause co-founder and former president a perfect example. This week, David Cohen is in Hawaii. We'll talk with him about his visit and the good, bad, and ugly of lobbying next time on The Conversation, tomorrow morning at 8.
3: Just about everything we buy these days is built in a factory someplace. And it's entirely possible that's where your home's going to be built someday, too. The bathroom tile, fixtures, mirror, all of that is done in the uh, factory. I'm Kai Rizdal. the future of the home, the home of the future. We'll tell you more next time on Marketplace from APM. This evening at 6, following The Body Show.
0: Aloha and welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Jennifer Lowe from Kaiser Permanente. We're talking about bones today. What can you do to keep your bones strong? What should you do if you've been diagnosed with osteoporosis? And how can you make sure that you don't have fractures, which can happen spontaneously even when you don't have an injury? If you'd like to ask a question, if you think you might have a concern about osteoporosis, you can join us. We've got a phone number 941-3689 9413689 on Oahu toll free from my neighbor islands 8779413689 before the break we were talking with John about how much calcium and how you can have spontaneous fractures there's something called a compression fracture which i think deserves a little a little bit more explanation that can occur in the spine what is a compression fracture and does
1: anything actually break it does. The bone actually breaks. That's why you get shorter. Spine. That is, and that's why women sometimes will have that thing called a dowager's hump. What that is is you've had so many compression fractures in your spine that it actually folds over because it's lost all of the height and, and height in the between the vertebrae.
0: So, if you used to be five eight and you measure yourself and you're like five five now, is that a reason why you should be seriously concerned? Go get it checked out. Make sure you're not curvy on the neck area, on the shoulder area, you're missing bone height? I think especially
1: if you've had episodes of severe back pain, then you definitely want to get it checked out.
0: And a simple x-ray, I'll tell you, if you've had a compression Mm -hmm. fracture. Yeah. I kind of tell people it's sort of like a parking garage. You know, you've got these struts in your bone that sort of help keep the top and the bottom layers together. And a compression fracture is when they get weak enough that you just see like the roof and and the floor just kind of cave on top of one another. And so that can become a serious problem, particularly with pain, also with height. But it's a sign that you've got a bone issue like osteoporosis. So if you've got a compression fracture... Unless you had a significant trauma, you've got osteoporosis until proven otherwise. That's absolutely right. Get it checked out and get it treated. Definitely. Okay. We've got a caller in the line. We have Brandon from Honolulu. Brandon, welcome to The Body Show.
3: Hi. Thank you.
0: What can we yeah, do for a, you?
3: I had a question about vitamin K, too. I just recently read something about how that it can help get calcium into the bones and the blood.
0: Vitamin K? Vitamin K2. K2. Okay. Dr. Jennifer shaking her head like she knows what's going on. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to Brandon, because
1: I, I haven't heard of K2. All right. So, so it's true. Vitamin K does help uh, you absorb calcium and prevents calcium being leached out of your bones. Right now, there are no formal recommendations to actually... Take extra vitamin K in your daily diet. But there is some thought that for older people, especially over the age of 50, that even if their vitamin K levels are normal, that it might not be working as effectively. So it's something that's good to talk to your doctor about because often there are other medications that you might be on that would be affecting your vitamin K level, and you might want to be on a supplement then. But it's not something that people routinely need to take. Okay. All right, Brandon,
0: thanks for asking that. I was thinking Everest and Kilimanjaro or something, and it's actually a supplement that we have to take a look at. We might find in the medical community and the research that this is actually going to be up and coming and a big and a big deal. Okay, we've got a caller from the Big Island. We have Friday on the phone. Friday, welcome to The Body Show.
2: Hi, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear you talking about um, K2 and um, other things besides Fosilmax.
0: Um, well, we haven't even talked about Fosamax oh, yet, but okay.
2: I want to hear about it. But uh, it ha- has horrible side effects, and it seems I'm I am a member of Kaiser, and it's I do have been diagnosed with osteoporosis, and um, I and that's the only thing they've offered me <laughs> is to get on this Fosomax, And I, um, you know, I do read other things, about, you know, about natural supplements that um, are helpful and. I'm just wondering if Dr. Jen um, can talk a little more about some natural supplements other than the um, Fosamax and these um, medications that have horrible side effects.
0: Well, it's a, great, it's a great comment, Friday. And we haven't actually yet talked about the bisphosphonates yet. But I think we've sort of talked a little bit about all natural. And Dr. Jen, some of the things that we do when we find out somebody has a bone problem is that we often want to try and fix it, protect it, treat them with medication. We've mentioned a couple of the things that they can do that are all natural. What are some of the, all like, exercise, weight-bearing activities, check vitamin D
1: levels, check calcium levels? These are the basics. Right. Do those first. Right. We always want to have you work on things in as natural of a way possible first. So Kathleen's exactly right. Those basics are calcium, vitamin D, weight-bearing exercise, avoid smoking avoid drinking in terms of things that are are natural you know there's nothing proven by our scientific literature that i can recommend today but i will tell you about some things that people have looked at and might possibly be helpful so one is isoflavones especially ones that are derived from soy and plant products Uh, Those possibly may work in the same way that estrogens do to help prevent bone loss. So some people will take uh, synthetic versions um, that are derived from plants of isoflavones. Other people have looked at um, fish oil and free fatty acids. Those also might help uh, you absorb calcium and prevent it from being taken out from the bones. So those two are possibilities the other one uh, that people also talk about is strontium renalate. It's not available here in the United States, but it is available in over 70 countries in the world. That, again, is, is like a natural supplement that has been shown to actually improve bone density and decrease risk of fractures. All right, Friday. So
0: we're giving you a whole collection of okay, all natural sorts you. of things. I appreciate that. You got it. All right. And that's that's an important point is a lot of people want to use the all natural approach. And certainly there is a role for bisphosphonates, phosphomax, boniva, actinil, uh whatever names you want to call them, um, reclassed. There's a role for those, but there's also a role for other things as well. I think for a lot of folks, it's going to be a combination of finding their personal approach to their bones that works best for them. And that's really a collaboration with their doctors.
1: I agree and I think it de- depends on the severity of your disease as well. If your bone bones are just a little bit brittle, then work really hard on lifestyle interventions. If at some point your bones become severely brittle, you know, you might want to think about being on an osteoporosis medication. And I think the real issue to to focus on is
0: the risk factor of developing a fracture. It's one thing if it's just a percentage number. It's another thing to realize that for those people who have a hip fracture, we'll say, they already, once you have a hip fracture, you have a 50% chance of not recovering and being able to walk the way you did prior to the fracture. You have a significant chance of being incapacitated to the point where you can't go back to even your home or your regular lifestyle if there's stairs or other sorts of issues that you have to address. And in some cases, If you're really older and you have a hip fracture, this can put you into the hospital for a surgery, and if you get a complication like pneumonia or a blood clot after you've been in the hospital for a while, it can be fatal. So when you get bones that are brittle enough that you're at a serious risk of fracture, any medication, regardless of side effects, if they can be mitigated in any way, you really have to take a close look at it because... If you don't take a look at the medication, there are serious consequences. Osteoporosis is a condition. It is a disease. But the risk of having a fracture is is scary when you look at the recovery from that. So there there are some serious reasons to look, not just at the alternatives, but also at traditional medicine as well.
1: I completely agree.
0: You have to do both. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Eva from Macaquilo. Eva, welcome to The Body Show.
2: Hello. Thank you.
0: Dr. Jen,
2: uh,
3: self, not, uh, not ca- rather carbonated seltzer water, does that have effect on bone depletion?
0: Carbonated seltzer water, you're making me feel like there's hope for me as a diet Pepsi drinker. So carbonated <laughs> seltzer water,
1: does it have the phosphoric acid? It depends actually on the brand that you buy. If it's just the carbonation, the carbonation itself is not harmful to your bones. But look on the back on the nutrition label and on the ingredients and see if it contains phosphorus or phosphoric acid because that's the thing that causes problems with your bones.
3: Okay. Thank you.
1: All right, Eva. Thanks. I have some hope, but
0: I think my soda contains phosphoric acid. That's the end of it. Thank you, Dr. Jennifer. (laughs) Take away my gummy calciums. All right. We have got another caller on the line, Peter from Kahala. Peter, hopefully you won't make me feel bad about soda. What can we do for you today, Peter?
3: Well, soda's horrible for you. All right, thank you. I know.
0: I'm I'm, I'm sitting next to water, and I'm being a good girl and drinking it, so I am redeemed. What can we do for you today, Peter? We're talking about osteoporosis.
3: Well, I, I was hoping that maybe one or both of you could comment about the differences between calcium and that calcium carbonate for many people is not a very well absorbed form of calcium. So when you're talking about biactive and caltrate, this might be something that is less than beneficial for people, especially for those taking antacids and those sorts of things. And older people, as they get old, lose the ability to absorb that type of calcium. And calcium citrate really ought to be pushed a lot harder
0: than it is you're right and I wish they had a gummy calcium citrate I mean I think if that were the case for some of my older individuals who can't swallow a large pill I would love it I yeah. think it would be fabulous well, but you're yeah, right there is a difference in the absorption that's a very well stated point Peter and you're absolutely correct calcium does have different absorption rates and to try and find the one that you can absorb that is most effective is absolutely optimal yeah.
3: um, the final comment You can get tricalcium phosphate, Um, the Gummy Vites for Adults makes a product that is uh, that one, or Posture D, harder to find, a little bit pricey, but tricalcium phosphate, which is better absorbed than the calcium carbonate.
0: And Posture D, your bones are worth it, right? Absolutely. A little more expensive, but bones are worth it, yeah. Uh, Dr. Jennifer, really, calcium carbonate, calcium citrate, is it when you talk with people about taking calcium... How do you know how well they're absorbing it? Just checking a blood level? Do we check calcium in the urine? How do we know how well they're absorbing it to know
1: to put them on a particular brand? I usually do check calcium levels in my patients to see if they're at the target. In general, for calcium carbonate versus calcium citrate, if you have problems absorbing, so for example, if you are on antacids or you've had gastric bypass surgery, then you do want to be on calcium citrate. The only problems for some people with calcium citrate is, number one, it's more expensive. And then number two, you overall have to take more of calcium citrate than calcium carbonate to get the same amount of calcium, which can be a problem for some people. Calcium carbonate, it has more elemental calcium per pill than calcium citrate. So overall, you can take less of it and it's less expensive. So for people where finances are an issue, we'll often start with calcium carbonate.
0: So if you need calcium, get the one that you're going to take, that you can tolerate, that you can afford, that gives you the results you need, but be open to the fact that you might have to make adjustments to that. That's right. All right. We've got Hal on the line from Kahului. Hal, welcome to the Body Show.
3: Uh, thank you, doctors. Uh, my question was just answered uh, previously. Calcium citrate and calcium carbonate, <clears throat> any preference between you two doctors and I think you just covered that very well just now, so I should just say thank you.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Hal, for hanging on the line to to give us a little appreciation. Dr. Jen, you've explained it all yeah. to Kahalui and Hal's appreciative. Thank you. All right.
3: Thank you very much, ladies. All thanks right, so Aloha.
0: much. You too. All right. Have a good day. We've got Jen on the line from Kona. She's been nice and patient as well. Jen, welcome to The Body Show. Oh, Thank you. Yes, about a year and a half ago, I took a fall and landed on my right knee.
2: And I have what they call a splatter fracture on my patella. Kind of Ouch. like when you hit your windshield and you have dozens and dozens of little fractures. Oh, I I'm sorry. Did therapy immediately. Yes, it did. It hurt a lot. I had physical therapy uh, afterwards, um, then had a, it was a work incident, had an independent valuation and was released. I'm wondering what can I do now on my own to help it. I have I do do some exercises to help the muscles, you know, along the side of the knee. But is there is there anything I could be taking to help with that? I can't run now because of it. Um, at times, if I ride a bike, it appears or it feels like my knee is swollen three times its normal size. But when you look at it, it is absolutely
0: fine. Well, you've got a problem there, Jen. And part of what the trouble is is that you had an injury that resulted in this splatter fracture. And so as a result of that, um, unfortunately – It's something that the bone will have to heal to the best of its ability. And with the patella, if you have all these different little pieces, that being the kneecap, it's often hard to see that heal completely. At this point, I would I would think about what exercises you learned in therapy in order to help you to get back to your baseline level of activity, which you may never be a runner. I mean, I hate to tell you that, but it just may not be in your future. You could certainly be a super fast walker or you could be somebody who does a great job swimming or some other equivalent activity. Um, But it's one of those things where you have to talk with your therapist and continue those exercises, see how strong you can get your knee. Unfortunately for a lot of folks, and that's kind of the point of our show today, Dr. Jen, is once you have a fracture, whether it be poor Jen who had this on her kneecap from an injury, whether it be somebody who had a wrist fracture when they fell or a spontaneous fracture, you're not going to get back to 100% of where you were. And the goal in treating osteoporosis is to prevent the fracture to begin with. And that's the motivation to take some of these medicines. Dr. Jen, we didn't even really cover them very much because we've talked about all these other great topics. So I guess nobody could say, all oh, you talked about were the pills because, you know, we didn't really get to that. But when we talk about bones, there are a couple of medications that can help build bones. Forteo is one of those injectable What is your preference, if you have one, for somebody over 65 with osteoporosis, no fracture, great calcium D intake, everything else is good, moderate risk for
1: having a fracture in the future? What kind of stuff do you go for? I typically start with the bisphosphonates and typically with the oral bisphosphonates. Primarily because they're extremely effective in decreasing your risk of fracture. It can decrease your risk of having a fracture by fifty to sixty percent, which is huge. Despite side effects
0: people hear about, there's still enough evidence to say this is a good plan. The
1: side and the, yes, it is, and the side effects are actually extremely rare. It does get a lot of attention, and they sh- it should get a lot of attention. However. The things that you hear about, like atypical femur fractures or atrial fibrillation or osteonecrosis of the jaw, that's really happening in usually less than 1% of people that are taking it.
0: So if you're somebody who has a 50% chance of a fracture in the next year, you can reduce that risk dramatically. Or in the next 10 years, I think Frax is the next 10 years. You can reduce that risk dramatically by taking phosphormax or another oral bisphosphonate, Boniva, Actinol, et cetera as opposed to worrying about the 1% chance of a side effect. That's right. And that's a
1: gigantic decrease in fracture risk. So it's it in certain individuals, it can definitely be worth it. That's right. So if you're high enough risk and your bones are brittle enough, it's a very good option for you. So if you want to work on your bones right now,
0: what should you do? Look at your calcium intake, vitamin D intake. Look at your medicine list. Consider what exercises you're doing weight-bearing exercises,
1: smoking, drinking, try and cut down on that if it's in excess. And the, and, and the last thing I always add on, especially for our elderly patients, is to fall-proof your home. And to also, if you're someone who has problems with balance or you're prone to falls, to talk to your doctor about stopping any medications that might make you be prone to falls, getting your hearing and your vision assessed to make sure that we can do everything to prevent you from losing your balance and sustaining a fall. And that's really important because once you fall and you break something, the consequences
0: can be really serious. That's right. All right. Well, I feel like I've learned a lot, K2 included. And I think we have to have you back to talk more about some of the medication. But we certainly did talk about some of the other lifestyle changes, and I appreciate that, things everybody could do right now today if they wanted to. That's right. So thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Kathleen. All right. If you'd like to learn more about bone strength you can listen to this program again at hawaiipublicradio.org there you'll find more information about membership how to support the station or the podcast from this show and some in the past our engineer is david chong our executive producer beth ann kozlovich i'm dr kathleen kozak thanks to dr jennifer low today coming from kaiser permanente to talk about bone strength we will see you next week we're going to talk about cancer don't get it we'll tell you how and that's going to be monday at five on the the body Show. We'll see you then.